Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. If you're returning, we're glad you're back. And if you're new, welcome. We are excited to have you here. Each week we will read a stack of classic Moon Knight comics and then get together and talk about the characters, villains, and stories with an eye towards how these stories might connect to the Disney Plus Moon Knight show that debuts in a little over a month, March 30th, so very, very soon. We're also going to be discussing comic history, comic book reading, and other Moon Knight-related news. So, lots to cover. And this week, we're going to cover the finish to Mark Spector Moon Knight, and what a finish it was, as well as talking about comics as a whole in the 90s. My name is Dwayne, and with me, as always, is my good buddy Dan. Dan, welcome. Hey, Dwayne. Good to be here. Looking forward to talking some comics again this week. <laughs> this is this is going to be an interesting week. We've had some discussions throughout the week about these books and and everything. So um, let's let's quick talk anything in the Moon Knight news, TV series, things that we should talk about. It it it's sort of it, it felt a little quiet this week. It felt really quiet this week. I you know we had a few pieces of of news that came out with the empire magazine thing last week and the like and now this week really it's been almost completely silent haven't seen anything new from any of the actors haven't seen any new articles and the like coming out and i also think that somehow with you know some of the stuff going on in the world the last few days that maybe even if marvel did have some announcements they might just have decided to reschedule them because it's it's not a great time to be advertising your entertainment program probably so yeah so that could be part of it because there really hasn't been any uh marvel content news or or anything dropping in the last few days that i've seen yeah no that's uh, that matches match it matches what i've seen or in this case not seen over the last few days and imagine things will start to pick up again in the next week or two depending on how world events transpire but in the meantime we do have some other things we can talk about and so you you have noted that on here that i picked up my first moon knight comic physical comic this week because it did in fact it did in fact happen i um i i went to a for the second weekend in a row i went to a comic book store and i picked up uh the midnight mission which is the first six issues of the current run of of moon knight um so uh i think that started in early 2000 or 2021 um and i think they're up to about i have issue what, what eight as to? of right now i believe issue nine um either is out or is is on its way to me in my in my um in my stack sometime soon but been really good stuff and uh i've been enjoying those a lot so hopefully you will as well and kind so of nice more to just mid- have have physical comics you can read. Yes. So. so so actually, I guess it was more mid twenty twenty one that 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 run started. It looks like. Yeah, like. June or July, something like that. Okay. But okay, somewhere. In yeah, the I, I I I'm excited to actually have a physical copy of something because everything that I've read to this point has been has been digital. So that that's kind of interesting. Was talking to the. Um, the guys at the comic book store i am uh signed up uh and on a pull list to get the red white and blood series 
once that Excellent. starts in April as well. So, uh, yeah, I am, I am officially, this is, the, as I said at Twitter, this is apparently who I am now. This is, this is the, you're in the club. That's yes. Awesome. So, so, yeah. And for those of you who are reading digitally, uh, the first, I think three or four issues of the new series are also on, um, Marvel Unlimited. And then each, I think it's, it's something like either six months or, uh, three months. I can't remember what they're at now. After the issue comes out physically, most of Marvel's comics then roll onto the digital platform. So okay, so I was wondering how that, that worked. Area. Yep, I was wondering how that worked. So they're okay. not day and date. You uh, you do have to wait to get them on Marvel Unlimited, which is how they kind of try to protect stores a little bit from the the cut in that comes with digital sales. But the uh, that it, it's weird when you ask what issue it is too because. When you're talking new stuff, there's the order, you know, there's the comics you've got, there's the comics you're waiting for, there's the comics that you've just pre-ordered, and so, you know, it's it's difficult actually to remember what number I'm yeah, on. Yeah, where, 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 so, where are you at? Yeah. A little embarrassing, actually. But uh, but in any case, that's, that's fun, and then the Red, White, and Blood looking forward to as well. So we do have a lot of good stuff going on, and... With everybody, really, you know, get a, yet again, if you're listening to this and you've got an interest in some of this stuff through the, the movies and the TV shows, if you if you have an interest and you're willing to take a chance on getting hooked on the potentially expensive hobby of buying physical stuff, heading down to the shop and seeing what's there is an excellent idea. So the the guy the guys I talked to there were really nice. They they. Uh told me they have had a very hard time keeping anything Moon Knight related in the store since the Super Bowl spot, specifically. Said Oscar Isaac seems to be a pretty big draw. Um, so his casting in the role definitely seems to, in their opinion, have helped as well. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't find things at first, so I had to ask, and then that led into a whole conversation and like i said it ended up with me getting a book and getting signed up to get everything that i was interested in going forward so yeah there you go very Very cool cool. yes again outside of that really it's been a pretty quiet week so you know what that means we just get more time to talk (laughs) moon knight number 41 through 60 which is exactly what we need right yes that that is i was going to ask you so what is on the stack for this week so we have 19 books. Um, we were doing 20 per week of these, uh, but we ended up with a story break that tossed... Um, or actually, that was a week before. Yeah, that we're was last week. 20. So, we, so we we're got, just doing 20. What, 41 we, through 60. Plus, we've we got Moon Knight special uh, number one. Yeah, I was going to say, we got 21 books in this that's, week. But... Yeah, that's right. So um, Moon Knight special number one is sort of shoehorned in somewhere in the middle of the run. Uh, the books we're looking at start in 92 and they end in 94. And the special comes from somewhere in late 92. Okay. So because of that, you will note that events of Moon Knight special number one do occur before the events of Moon Knight number 60, which becomes important. Which it's, it becomes <laughs> very important because so. I did not read them in that order. And then it's like, well... What the heck is going on? There you go. So, uh, yeah. Basically, that's what we're going to be working on. Um, 
some interesting stuff in here. We are now directly in the middle of sort of the height of the comic boom of the early 90s with Image Comics and a lot of the, the really superstar creators and Death of Superman is right around this time, everything else. This is when sort of almost every comic book seemed to have guest stars. They all had special covers. They all had some or another gimmick where things were being rebooted as a number one. It was a very interesting time in comics. And it was a very interesting time for Moon Knight. So we'll see some of that as we go along through these. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go through like we did like we typically do. The these are broken up into story arcs, because most of these stories uh occurred over multiple books. And, uh, and and even like the first set occurred uh, across not just Moon Knight but across all over the place, and uh, we'll try and give you some context with those. We'll talk about each arc, and then and then we'll talk about some overarching themes there at the end. So why why don't you start with Moon Knight, Mark Spector, Moon Knight forty one to forty four? You said there was going to be. A crossover and oh boy was there a crossover for this yeah so so these are in actual fact at the end of at the end of 40 Moon Knight is standing there in front of Frenchie his body basically decomposing and then yes. as of 41 he's out in space wandering around with the Avengers and everybody else in the middle of this massive crossover and there's hardly anything even talked about for the next four issues about the fact that he's dying they just put that aside, and every once in a while he's like, wow, it really hurts to be doing this in my current state. Yeah. And then they forget I, about it again. I, I can't take off my 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 suit because there might not be anything left underneath. Yeah. That, that, that was, I, I distinctly remember that <laughs> as being one of the things that was talked about during these yeah. books. So, but what happened here really is, and to kind of start with our 90s retrospective, these four issues... Uh, are all sort of set in a galaxy far, far away, right? So this is Marvel's massive Infinity War event from 1992. It interrupted almost all of their comic timelines and storylines for four months during the summer. So we've got four Moon Knights, 41 through 44, that are all tied into Infinity War. Infinity War itself was a six-issue miniseries, so not that long. But the problem is it had almost 50. I counted 46, but I may have missed some. So in the in the area of 50 tie-in issues that then had story elements that if you wanted to really know everything that's going on in Infinity War, you had to buy all of these. You would need like oh my God. 52 comics in four months and then kind of keep track of which ones go before which ones. You didn't have to do that. You could just read Infinity War and get it gave you kind of the Cliff's Notes of the other stuff. But the bigger problem was, if you just read these, nothing made any sense at all. Which is kind Actually of what... Actually correct. Situation yeah, that were. was exactly how I felt reading these books. <laughs> I was like, this makes absolutely no sense. There was, there was literally the, the title page, there was like one page of talking, and then it was three books of just craziness. It yes. was it was absolutely crazy. So what was actually happening here is the Infinity War is a sequel to the Infinity Gauntlet from the previous year. And the Infinity Gauntlet 
was the series where Thanos sort of assembled the the stones and and had the the snap and all the other stuff. Oh. And then the Infinity War is the sequel where the Magus comes in, makes a bunch of doppelgangers of a bunch of heroes, and then we have this weird sort of cosmic fight with a lot of the Jim uh, Jim Starlin cosmic characters again, including um, like Adam Warlock's a big part of it because the Magus is his, his alter ego, all that sort of stuff. The Infinity Gauntlet's involved in this one as well. Um, and that's actually what he, they use, what the Magus, which is the evil um, warlock, uses to make the evil doppelgangers of Earth's heroes, including Moon Knight. Um, this is written and drawn by our same normal staff, the, the same people who we're used to. But the story itself is completely locked into what's going on in the Infinity War. The most interesting things of this in terms of kind of getting Moon Knight content out of it are that Moon Knight has a doppelgamer named Moonshade who he has to defeat. Moonshade tries to kidnap and kill Franklin Richards and take his power. And Franklin Richards is, turns out to be one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. So he's, okay. he's well worth trying to steal the power from. He's not just a kid. Eventually, Moon Knight kills him with adamantium which somehow he's deciphered is, is the way to do that. But overall, in terms of the storyline, there's almost nothing, if you're a Moon Knight fan, that you need to really worry about with, with Infinity War or any of these. Because Moon Knight is almost always kind of a secondary character. Even in the next one we'll see coming up next year, where he gets a, a brief thing again, he kind of learns a couple things. That one actually has some effects on his character, uh, because he learns a bit about himself. But these event books were, they were a signature of the 90s and they were a bane of the 90s, depending on whether you liked them and whether you were into them, right? If you were really ready to go and spend the money and just get completely in on Infinity War, hey, maybe you'll enjoy it because everybody's there, right? If you're just trying to read Moon Knight, this sort of thing drives you to distraction. And in fact, it drove a number of people out of comics um i was i was actually out at barnes and noble just a couple of days ago looking through to see what they had for graphic novels and there was a guy next to me i talked to him a little bit and asked him what he when how long he'd been collecting or he was up to he said well i collected and then you know in the 90s i just i couldn't do it anymore he he said he was like 58 so a little older than me but kind of in that same generation and 90s did that it was the place where a lot of people started and the folks who started in the 90s, a lot of them really love these comics because they're their comics. And a lot of us who were older, these comics sort of drove us out of comics because they weren't our comics. Now, now in the quiet moments, there's a part of me that says maybe that means they were doing what they were supposed to because they drove away the adults and attracted the kids, right? Uh, maybe that's what comics were supposed to do in the first place. But, uh, but in any case... Uh, I I found a lot of these infuriating. So I would read some of the main line and stuff like that and try to keep up with some of them. But I far preferred it when these events didn't interfere with my book the way this one did. Because this really took yeah. down Moon Knight for about four months. It made no sense if you weren't reading all the other stuff. Yeah, so. it, I, I found it incredibly difficult to follow. There was... 
that this moonshade was trying to kill all these different versions of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Like there was multiverse things going on. I don't yep. know that that was what was going on, but maybe it was. And like, I found the most difficult part for me reading comics. They called them interdimensional when... back then. DC had okay. the multiverse, but Marvel did not get into multiverse until very recently. Okay. They, they had interdimensional versions. Okay. So, okay. There you go. Any any time there's multiple versions of Moon Knight on the page for whatever reason, you know, we had the Knights of the Moon, we had, you know, people dressing up as Moon Knight, whatever. Whenever that happens, it causes me great confusion on the page for whatever reason. And it just it it, it this was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I would I would say that that's an accurate description of it um basically these are books that from a moon knight standpoint there's not a lot going on there's just a lot of characters and a lot of a lot of frenetic action on the page so let's let's move on yeah let's move on let's go now 45 to 47 we go back to your regularly scheduled moon knight programming and uh find out what's going on with with this virus because as you said there was you know something going on before the infinity wars started and in the in these books moon knight is is working with dr strange and reed richards to try and figure out and fix this problem that he's got that he's dying uh he infiltrates the brinkstone prison in hartford connecticut where there's a demi demo goblin that is being held and they feel like there's if they can get a tissue sample of this thing because he's got this demo virus if they can get a tissue sample of it this can hopefully they can synthesize something extract it whatever and save his life so he does this going at night and he just so happens to pick a night where they're scheduling an execution of one uh john dizona Dizone, sure. Do, do you know how how that's pronounced? I Diz, as, as close to dead zone as you can pronounce. Yeah, it. Just yeah. Know, yeah. John Dizoan, uh, and when he gets in, uh, he malfunctions the electric chair right as as the uh, prisoner is being executed, uh, which bit of an issue. Uh, Moon Knight gets in, get has to fight the demogoblin and does in fact get the uh the the tissue sample that he came there for uh but then must contend with a prison riot that breaks out because the uh the the person who was to be executed did not die and now has electrical energy coursing through his veins so he's basically created a villain uh by breaking into yeah, this prison that happens uh he then collapses and the angel wing programmed by dr strange and reed richards picks up the the body and brings him back to them they're able to um excise the uh the virus from him and but they don't know if there's going to be any lasting effects so moon knight actually looks into possible heirs to continue the moon knight legacy and the possible heirs that he was looking at for for moon knight one was a baseball player for the Yankees, and, or the local team. Uh, one was this like construction foreman guy, and one of them, who he actually offered the position to, 
uh, was none other than Peter Parker, who yep. did not has another gig. Realize, yeah, he's got another gig. Yeah. So that that was kind of fun, and that whole issue I thought was actually pretty pretty interesting. It felt like the epilogue for the big stories that we've had that were just kind of him wandering the city and interacting with people and and so from that standpoint that was kind of cool but but yeah this whole this story was really kind of interesting little weird i guess that on how we ended up going back to it after that uh that respite of the infinity sure so so a couple things just as notes the the demogoblin that's actually the goblin that had been infecting the hobgoblin Okay. And he gets ripped out of him. So, okay. so then that's that's kind of where he'd met up with him before. And then the second thing is, what did you think of the art? Because it's a lot different. This is now James Fry and Chris Ivy on art. Um, and their style is, especially in the first few issues, I guess the, to give people kind of a visual on it who don't have the books in front of them, it's it's a lot sort of thicker. Um, more planar, almost more blocky. Uh, I almost think of it like it's a, a woodcut style of of art in some ways. So, like the, I think it worked really well on the Demogoblin, kind of those crazy angular things making him look even sort of weirder and, and more dangerous than he otherwise would. But they sort of use that same style on everyone. So everybody looks just a little bit a little bit off, off. Yeah. in some of these. I I wouldn't say that it 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 did not jump out to me quite as much as some of the other art that we see later in this run, but but I will say it it did it it did look a little different, and but it wasn't it wasn't enough that I really kind of consciously was taken back by it by any stretch of the imagination. It still felt in the context of Moon Knight as a whole, it still felt Moon Knight, okay. which cool. uh, for for whatever for whatever that is, it, it it didn't it didn't jump out to me as being a demonstrably different than anything that we had seen. I, and so I think far. you're probably correct that in in terms of being Moon Knight, it's more appropriate maybe than some of the other guys we've seen that are more traditional art because they had a lot of panels that were sort of jagged or had almost like misty outlines and things like this as far as making a mood and the like uh they did a nice job so and we still have a lot of our original crew on uh for like lettering and coloring and stuff like that uh christy shield is still on doing the colors and she does a great job of making everything kind of kind of have that more atmospheric feel to it and the like well let's talk about this new villain that that Moon Knight created here, Dead Zone. Sure, the next two issues, 48 and 49, Moon Knight then needs to contend with a villain who he now created, going by the, the name of Dead Zone. Um, he tracks down the fellow who'd been in the in the electric chair just a couple issues ago, called The Zone, who's now turned his name, or, or taken on the name of Dead Zone, and he's going around killing criminals in massive quantities actually using a modified version of Moon Knight's own truncheon, which he stole from him back at the prison. He's now used the fact that somehow after he didn't die during the electrical shocks, he himself 
essentially has become a movable electric chair and he uses the truncheon and its whip to kind of just electrocute and murder criminals and things like that. Reason for this? Evidently he had a religious conversion in prison and now he's appointed himself as a sort of Punisher-style anti-hero that Moon Knight needs to deal with. So he eventually teams up with Tombstone, who's another villain. Uh, he's a crime boss. He's been a recurring villain of Spider-Man and Daredevil. Uh, after a double-cross or two between them, eventually Moon Knight does take down Dead Zone and is able to hopefully recover his truncheon. I don't know if we actually saw that, but hopefully he remembered to grab that when he left. So an interesting mm -hmm. one, again, in how they keep taking these guys who are either either mercenaries or bad guys who are still still taking on other bad guys and the like as foils for Moon Knight. Yeah, uh, just for clarification's sake, it was Moon Knight that actually teams up with Tombstone in order to take down Dead Zone. I don't know if you if you uh, if that was explicitly clear, but so you know, is anything explicitly clear in these comments? No, well, yeah, that's true. true <laughs> my enough, explanation but, should have been, but yes, I will. I will, uh, I will take that. I'm there. probably again. This ends up being kind of a, a situation where I. You know, he ends up working with somebody bad to do something presumably good. Uh, but there are going to be ramifications from that actually very, very soon. Uh, yep. I, 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 I mean, I was fine with, with this. I, I'm not into the Punisher style hero or anti-hero type characters. Like we've talked about last week, the fact that I'm not a real big fan of seeing the Punisher uh, hanging out with Moon Knight and uh, you know suggesting how he how he do his his business and whatnot. So yeah, I, I'm actually quite happy that this ended relatively quickly. I, I didn't necessarily uh, you know like this this particular villain, and um, I don't know it, it it felt it felt fine. It didn't feel as exceptionally memorable. This character I had never heard of before, so it wasn't necessarily. Um, something that I was expecting that I would see again. But but you have to admit, so Frenchie and Chloe go out on a date. They're going to go to a mm -hmm. nice restaurant. And then while they're there, being unhappy about the fact that it's not wheelchair accessible, because of course he's now in, in the chair, they're attacked right. by some supervillains. And it turns out that Frenchie is such a badass that he cannot be worth without his weapon systems from the helicopter even when he's out like to get food so he actually fires missiles at them out of his wheelchair and then of that... course uh we have him at the end of that sort of kidnapped off and then we're going to move into the next big plot line over the over the next few issues here so yeah that that actually yeah that starts a thread that kind of lasts all the way through to the end of of this Mark Spector Moon Knight run really absolutely and, and, yep. and this is this is the start of the end really yeah is, the, is that kidnapping so that's so that so that's actually interesting and it leads into issue fifty which is another super sized issue. Uh, that was featured that featured a cameo of by Thor and several other other members of the Avengers. We saw the Avengers headquarters in there as well. Uh, Moon Knight's focusing on trying to find Frenchie who went missing uh, after while he was dealing with with Dead Zone. 
and uh, Moon Knight's getting calls from from Black Widow and is like, hey, <laughs> Avengers want to talk to you. And he's just kind of ignoring the calls. I don't know. That seems like that might be a big deal, but, you know, whatever. Yes. Uh, Moon Knight goes out looking for Frenchie and, um, yeah, Thor tracks him down and says, hey, you know, we really want to talk to you. And eventually convinces Moon Knight to go to the Avengers headquarters. Uh, he's told once he gets there that the Avengers aren't really thrilled with what he's been up to lately and that they need to decide with how he should be dealt with. Uh, they explicitly mention him working with Tombstone. They mention the fact that they saw the TV broadcast where he succumbed to the demo virus and, and a few of the other things that have kind of happened over the last, you know, 10, 15 issues or so and are like, we don't know what we should do. And there starts to be a conversation about that. And meanwhile, he hears, Moon Knight hears in his uh, little owl headset thing that they've got a lead on Frenchie's car. And he basically just walks out on the Avengers. He leaves his Avengers yeah. badge, setting it on fire, I think, even <laughs> as part of that. And, and yeah, it just leaves. Uh, meanwhile, we finally do catch up with uh, Jean-Paul and Chloe. And Chloe is explaining to Frenchie that he's got this background, that he has, uh, well, a bloodline background, and that she is a Templar sent to protect him until he can be awakened to this bloodline background. Uh, as this is happening, this is like they're in this church somewhere. Uh, they get attacked by some hellbent who are looking to get information uh, that from Jean-Paul that that he presumably has because he has this blood bloodline background even if he doesn't necessarily know it right now this bloodline while they attack gets awakened during the fight and he gets transformed into Henry Raymond a swashbuckling pirate uh a a past it's not a psychological transformation it's an actual Physical, physical change into a yeah, different like he has thing. use of his legs and everything like this while yep. he's this other, this this other person. Um, eventually, Moon Knight shows up and helps Raymond defeat these Hellbent that came and were attacking Chloe and Jean Paul. And then when Moon Knight goes back to question Raymond as to what's going on, Raymond is gone. Frenchie is there, and and that's kind of where that ends and it was the as we talked about the this this bloodline story arc that started in in 48 and 49 gets continued through here and it's going to continue all the way to the end but that that's the most important part of this book um and the fact that we find out chloe is actually not who we thought she was you know if you remember she was the one like bringing in you know bringing in breakfast and getting in trouble with Marlene way back in like issue one. Right. Now we found out that they've played the long game on this. And now 50 issues later, we find out that she is the last Templar. Right. Um, And this, of course, again, it was number 50. So it was double sized. I also went and looked up the price. So the previous issue, number 49 was a buck 75 and you had to shell out 295 to get number 50. So essentially almost double price, um, which was pretty standard for the day. But 
frustrates me in retrospect sometimes. The and and we paid it happily at the time because there was the idea that it was also going to be worth way more because it was issue number fifty of the book and that was somehow special. What we found out since, by the way, is that other than number one, there's no issue of the book that's special, other than ones that have new characters or particularly great artists or some event in it, right? Uh, number 50 is not worth any more than number 49 now, but number 55 is worth like ridiculous amounts worth more than number 49 or number 50. So the number really doesn't count as much as uh, me and fellow collectors were hoping back in the day. It's that's a lesson learned. So, I didn't think this was a particularly great book. Like I said, the the bloodline arc definitely was important with regards to understanding the context of the rest of the the, Moon, the Mark Specter Moon Knight run. Uh, I did think it was interesting that once again we see Moon Knight get questioned about the choices he's made, the things he's done, uh, but it it. It falls short in there actually being any real level of consequence to his actions and would have liked to have seen more done with that Avengers story arc or have more teeth, I guess, having the Avengers having more teeth in, you know, put it, you know, locking him up for a little bit. And then he had to escape for, rather than him just basically walking out on them and and, and it not really meaning anything. They, they like to talk a lot. They have meetings and like... And Hawkeye was his biggest defender in this one, by the way. Hawkeye was kind of the one that was taking his side. But, yeah, so... I, what, I do, what I do like about this is Terry Kavanaugh has decided to make a substantial story. He's, he's trying to create an epic, whether he's got the artists and the... You know, the story in place to actually make it something that's going to be great. Well, we're going to find that out. But he has decided he's really going to try and sell something interesting and new and big. And so the fact that this is now a storyline that plays out, you know, there have been, there've been not only the, the probably not real seeds, like, you know, back in number one, Chloe being there. I'm sure he just used the character because it was available at the time. But right. there have been seeds on this now going back five or six other issues, you know, with appearances of Seth and some of the things with his company and things like that. It looks like Kavanaugh's been planning this, just little steps of it for a long time. And I am impressed with that. I think that there's something to be said for somebody just kind of like putting the putting all the little blocks in place and then making it happen. And we are getting there because the next couple of, of stories, uh, will, I guess after the next one, uh, yeah. things will actually start to really take off. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does feel like it, it means the building blocks that are used in the world may have some importance to them and that there is some larger picture in play, which, you know, I don't think in any of the runs that we've seen to this point where we could say that, where there was this thread that ended up being something important way later in the story. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that he could easily be learning from some of the people who were out there. Because, for instance, Chris Claremont over on X-Men had been doing this for decades. You know, he, would, he would put some weird little aside in, in an issue, and then 15 or 20 issues later it would become a major plot point and a thing. And so 
there were other writers doing a lot of this. It's something that had been a part of comics and had become more and more accepted as part of it because of the fact that Claremont's X-Men style of writing had sort of been very successful for, for Marvel. But we haven't really seen this sort of thing very often in Moon Knight. So, Finn, tell us about 51. All right. 51's an easy one because this, um, we do have some changes. Dave Hoover and Keith Williams come in on art for just this one. Um, we also have Constanza on letters. Everybody else remains the same. So we still have Kavanaugh writing. But this is a standalone story. Moon Knight is going around helping with the aftermath of meteorites that are hitting the Earth, causing them a bunch of damage. By investigating where this keeps happening, he realizes that the satellites are being shot down and the likely suspect is somebody named Harlan Silverbird. He's on a Caribbean island uh, that all the satellites have flown over. So Moon Knight flies his angel wing over to the island confronts him, uh, finds out that he's taken a nasty, a NASA researcher named Dr. Randy Moore hostage. Silverboon and, and Moon Knight then fight. Eventually, Silverbird and Dr. Moore are pinned under a tower. Moon Knight then saves Dr. Moore with the help of Frenchie, but is unable to rescue Silverbird before the island explodes. So, the old exploding villain canard. Uh, we've, <laughs> yep. we've seen it. We've seen it numerous times. We have. So, yeah. I mean, th this is pretty standard stuff. Uh, I think you've called them fill-in stories before. It, this definitely felt like it, it, it could have been anywhere in this run of, of, of or anywhere in this 60 issues of Mark Spector Moon Knight. There wasn't anything particularly memorable about it. Uh, there was, I think, more little pieces of that same story uh, with with uh sean paul and that that were sprinkled in here but the 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 main story not really being anything from a story standpoint or an art standpoint or a character standpoint that was really anything too memorable so the main thing uh again you know large-sized issues mess with you right so i'm pretty sure what this is essentially since kavanaugh is still writing and because we do get Fry and Ivy back on art as of next issue, is they did more pages in that large number 50 issue. They probably then moved somebody in to do a, a fill-in on the art on 51 so that they could get ahead of themselves and get things back in for issues 52 and 53 where we actually do start getting back more into that main storyline that's being developed. So... Yeah, it's, a, it's an issue that basically nothing happened because it just was there to get us through one month until we could get our regular artists back on track for 52. So, bring it on. What, what's yeah. 52 about then? 52 and 53 are together and it involves our old friend Jack Russell, the werewolf, and a newcomer uh, in a crossover standpoint, X-Men's Gambit. They're investigating the old Spectre mansion, which Spectre is not currently living in, but is attempting to fix back up so that he could potentially use it again at some point. And they're looking for clues for the whereabouts of where Moon Knight is. And they end up getting in each other's way and start fighting and set off an alarm that then triggers Moon Knight to come check out what's going on in his in his mansion. Classic. Uh, yeah. Both of the both Gambit and Jack Russell are concerned about Moon Knight's demo virus incident because they saw it on on TV and uh, 
Moon Knight convinces him that he's not a threat and that the shadow spawn that Russell is specifically there looking for is in Central Park. And the reason Moon Knight knows that is he actually had an encounter with a couple of strange creatures uh, going by the name of Glaze and Cubist just hours before in Central Park. So he leads Russell to back to where he found these creatures and they end up fighting and eventually they get an assist by Gambit who was following them because he didn't trust them and they yep. eventually kill or take down, subdue whatever these these strange creatures. So there was These issues were these issues were surprisingly interesting and useful for how little seemed to happen in them, I thought. Because really? there's actually okay. some major there's actually some major developments that go on in these, I think, in a lot okay. of ways. Um, so first we go with Gambit. You said you'd heard of Gambit, right? Yes, I, I've heard of Gambit. Uh, I remember him from from back in the in the '90s. I I I don't remember him being like fantastic when it comes to like if you're thinking about X Men and like what powers the various x-men had i don't remember him as being this standout as far as power level goes i remember him being you know a cajun that had these playing cards and would throw around yep that he would throw around and and that would be him stuff would stuff would happen but uh but yeah i i was i was surprised to see him i guess when when it's when it's all said and done so he was very popular around this time, and a lot of the X-Men characters would get moved into other titles and, and put in just to kind of raise sales. So having a Spider-Man and Gambit crossover in the issue had to help sell a few extra copies of the book, almost certainly. Uh, Gambit is somebody also, for those of you who are MCU fans, who you may have heard about just because Channing Tatum had been sort of trying to get a Gambit movie off the ground and wanted to play that character for years now. And I think it's just recently finally admitted that it's probably not going to happen, uh, which is which is sort of unfortunate because a lot of times when characters or when actors really want to play a part, it tends to be something that, that can work out really well. You know, with, with Deadpool, for instance, you know, that basically only happened because they had an actor who was really willing to to go out there and say hey i absolutely should be deadpool but the things that i want to note is first off frenchy finally tells specter not to call him frenchy yeah so as it sounds like you've been doing already we're going to we're going to want to respect his wishes from now on he's trying. no longer frenchy trying. Yes. he's he's jean paul and so as of as of moon knight 52 or maybe it was 53 we are we're done with uh, with Frenchie, and we now have Jean Paul. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He specifically the the there was a specific thing in fifty two where where Jean Paul says no, I'm done. I'm done with this name because 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 Mark Spector came in like let's hang out, let's do something, and he's like you know what this this is important. This is my time. I'm gonna say this, and you're gonna listen basically. Yep. So we will. Uh, this is this is the times so we're we're switching to John Paul. 
Also, Spectre um, returns to his office, and I don't know what is up with this as a as an aside or whatever. They kind of set up a little thing that, but he returns to the office, and within like ten steps of getting back in the office, he commits significant workplace harassment by basically grabbing his public relations lady and giving her a big kiss, and she's like, "Get away from me." This is not he, appropriate. He slaps him. She just she does slap him. Wails on him. A good one. So, well, she's going to become an important character as we move along too. But it's just there are times where, well, oh man, the, this actually trails back to an issue like fifteen or twenty issues ago, where where at we at the museum, where he did where he was ha- actually it's in the very first set of twenty because. He was having issues with uh, Midnight Man stealing stuff and them thinking he was onto him. So he put through this big party, and and Donna Kraft, wh- the PR person, went with him to that to that as his plus one to the party, and like they kind of started looking like they were maybe having a moment, possibly, but we don't really know, and that's what what Mark Spector's basically comes walking in 50 issues later and is like, Hey, I think we had a moment and just plants one on her. And she's like, absolutely not. And just slaps the heck out of him. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder what this guy's thinking, but in any case, so Mark Spector remains questionable in terms of his fitness to be a, an executive and any major corporation um yeah which which we'll find out uh he's not going to have to worry about too much longer so we, so there is that anyway. <laughs> um and then marlene yet again for like the second or third time is now hired by the villain by seth so that she can help him understand and take down specter corp so she now joins the organization of the bad guy so that she can because he wants help essentially understanding Spectre Corp so that he can essentially take it over. Yeah. Um, she she's like actually going and buying out different subsidiaries and different things like this so yeah. that they can get a controlling interest in Spectre Corp so they can basically take him down that yeah. way so financially. There we go. Yeah. So, all right. So let's let's move on, shall we? Yeah. So, now basically we've only got one story left, but it's a doozy because it's the Sort of the whole Templars and Bloodline and Seth and the fate of Spectrecorp and a little bit of Infinity Gauntlet in there as well. Um, just to sort of spice it up even a little bit more. So we start out with Chloe and Jean-Paul as the last Templar and the last Bloodline. And Jean-Paul is trying to find Chloe again because he lost track of her during one of the previous events. So he tracks her. Uh, He's trying to find her at her apartment and whatever. And she's like looking down on him going, not yet, you can't find me yet or whatever, and then disappears. Um, While this is going on, Moon Knight somehow manages to get into a fight with his own car. And this goes on for most of an issue because what's happened is there's been this weird gremlin in his in his 
um, Shadow Keep. In the Shadow Keep, that's Doing... messing with sort of their electronics and their vehicles and whatever. Well, it's now gotten itself into the car, and then somehow it has transformed itself so that first off the car attacks, then it becomes a tank, and then it becomes more of an actual like transformer type mech thing that he's fighting. Right? That eventually uh... he has to dis- he has to defeat. It's just bonkers. Like this yeah. is absolutely just ridiculous but Uh he does defeat his car so that's good good for him um i've lost track of where i was now there we go so marlene then while all this is going on she's still helping falcon corp and seth they're getting closer to taking over his company moon knight goes in and visits with one of his shadow advisors um talking about the fact that he knows that he does still have multiple personalities and they're not talking about like DID or anything like that at this point. They don't get really into it uh, much. But basically he's admitting that he's just sort of got all of these other things going on that he's sort of sublimated at this point. Um, Jean-Paul is attacked, activates his blood link, transforms into another ancestor and fights off the hellbent. Uh, Spectre finds he's got a traitor in his shadow cabinet, so he disbands it, at which point he then also discovers that Marlene has been in his system uh, and he's and potentially is uh, a traitor, and he goes and finds her. When he finds her, he also finds Seth, um, finds out that that's evidently his great-great-grandfather or some long-lost relation, which is why at times Marlene even mistakes the two of them for each other. They're not actually drawn in a way where I'd ever made that connection before with any kind of family resemblance or anything. But evidently... John Paul did it too, apparently. Yes. In this, in this, he gave us some information that proved that to he be... shouldn't have. Yep. Yeah. So, but Marlene then gets away from this fight and actually teams up with Donna, who is a, who we find out is an old school friend of hers, who she encouraged and to take the job at Spectre for as her replacement, and the two of them are like, you know, why don't we just take over the company because obviously he can't run it. And so they start planning to do that, to essentially make sure that neither Seth, the, the great-grandfather, uh, who's the one that's running kind of uh, the hellbent, or Moon Knight is able to, to run the country into the ground anymore. Um, Moon Knight, then, is whisked away to another Infinity event at some point. This is Infinity Gauntlet. So there were three different iterations. You've got Infinity War. You've got, or excuse me, Infinity... This was, oh, this was yeah. Crusade, I think. Infinity Crusade. So Infinity yes. Con- uh, Gauntlet was first. Infinity War was second. Infinity Crusade was third. Yes. For those of you who are MCU fans, again, all of the stuff with Thanos and the Snap and a lot of the, the sort of inspiration for the Infinity War movie comes from the first one, Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. So if you are looking to go back and read those books to kind of see what the comic book version looked like, you're going to want to go back to the first one. Um, by Infinity Crusade, we've now got yet another version of, of Adam Warlock. Um, we've got a bunch of other crazy stuff going on. But the primary part of it is that Mark Spector slash Moon Knight discovers during that event that he actually has a hellbent heritage as well, which is kind of how he then is related to and finds out the whole thing with Seth. Um, he gets back from that. Um, ends up fighting Jean-Paul in his bloodline form uh, and then eventually defeats Seth and his hellbents um, 
once they've defeated everyone, and he thought he'd killed Jean-Paul, but in actual fact he didn't. He just killed one of his ancestors, who he happened to be impersonating at that point, um, which is interesting. They then get whisked back to the Shadow Keep. Um, everything looks like it's going to be fine, at which point we find out that Seth has put sort of, sort of ghost in the machine of the actual Shadow Keep itself. It's going to blow up, and Spectre gets all of his friends out to save them, and then it blows up with him in it, and he sacrifices himself to save his friends. So there we go. So, yeah, he's he's gone, presumably. He's, uh, he appears to be dead. And yes. in actual fact, in case you were wondering out there, we get a body, and we get a funeral. Yeah. So he is, uh, we'll find out he's not like, well, he is kind of Bucky dead now. There used to be a saying in comic books that there's dead and there's Bucky dead. Because okay. most comic book characters, when they died, they would come back within a couple of years. And then there's Bucky dead, because Bucky was, of course, Captain America's sidekick in World War II, who died in the 40s and was never resurrected in like the 50, next 50 years of comics until the Winter Soldier came along. And then Bucky came back from the dead, and we learned that even Bucky isn't Bucky dead. It's just, it's <laughs> okay. just comic books. I had never heard of that before. That was that's <laughs> so. This yeah. so, I I remember having a reaction at the end of Volume One. Uh, you know, the first Moon Knight volume, talking about sure. the fact there didn't really feel like there was an ending. That it just sort of just sort of stopped. It didn't really yep. have an ending. This had an ending this, this, this had very much uh it felt final and and like uh you know the issue before that where he thinks he's killed frenchy john paul excuse me um and and put, like, put a quarter art. in the frenchy jar yes yes every, every time we do that literally the the cover of 59 where you see moon knight holding the the body of of jean paul and it's saying moon knight murderer on the front yeah. was was wow <laughs> that was that was something and uh but this story was immensely difficult to follow this finishing i i i don't know who seth is seth the immortal is is, is who he is is he somebody that is no he's a he's a character created for this story pretty much okay. as far as i know yeah um, okay he might have he might have appeared somewhere else but i don't remember him and essentially the the main problem here is that first off just as a note we should we should mention that the art team changes pretty much completely for these issues yeah. because gone are all of our old regulars we've now got Stephen platt on pencils scott koblish on inks uh, we no longer have Christy Scheel. Uh, Dana Morshead takes over on colors, and we've got Loretta Kroll on letters. Uh, even the editor has changed. We've now got Sarah Mossoff on editing. So this is a completely new team, and it's a very modern, very 90s team, right? You have an art style here that is just over the top. Uh, Stephen Platt, is a very popular artist. He didn't do a lot of comic books, but the comic books he did, people loved and they were very influential. They came 
almost directly out of some of the major image comics art guys of the late 80s and early 90s because you had like McFarlane and you had Jim Lee and you had Rob Liefeld and Platt's art really is almost like a combination in my in my head others may disagree it's, it's almost like a combination of Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld because it's got a lot of Lee's sort of artistic um feel and it's got a lot of of kinetic energy and it's got just the over the top elements of lee field kind of on top of that and i know you probably haven't seen any of those guys yet we could take no. a look at some stuff but um it, it didn't really feel like is moon, interesting to look at it it didn't feel like moon Knight. that was that was there was such a departure from issue 54 to 55 that it just it was jaw-dropping how different it looked and these the people in these books were built like freaking tanks muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles there's like the 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 two mark specter has two of his underlings from specter corp trying to figure out what falcon corp is doing and and they go over there that one guy is he and, and, and like it's this like lonely researcher and like the head of security is like helping him and you've got like one issue it's like this like beanpole little guy and this you know semi-decent guy the next issue they're both freaking tanks they're yes. like the, the 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 head of security literally looked like he was one of these like 700 pound bodybuilder guys that you see on those strongman competitions that you're just like oh my god what is this and and even later we see marlene and donna craft and they look ripped to the hilt as well it was just absolutely crazy so that was hard but like i saw more definition in the faces of the characters than i had seen at any point in any yes. Moon Knight series. And and so those were like really interesting and I really liked those. And everything that was drawn felt epic. But at the same time, it's just like this doesn't this doesn't feel like the, a comic book I've read before. And I don't know what's going on. I would I would say that you, you make actually a really good point. I think that for me, while I enjoy Platt's art, I mean, I, I think it's it's really well done in a lot of ways. Um, there are things that just make you laugh, like the thighs on every like character are just are just Free trunks. They Free are, trunks. They are bigger than their waist in a lot of cases, and and so it it is a little goofy when you really look at it too much. But if you just take it in, it's it's really beautiful stuff. But Moon Knight as a character is somebody who normally exists kind of in the darkness and you've got almost like this gothic or or urban sort of a feel to him and Platt's art does not really serve any of that. It is about big bombastic action and bright lights it, and it's the Michael yeah. Bay of comic books is what it yeah. feels like to me. It just like That is the entire everything... 90s pretty much. everything explodes everything is huge everything is epic there is just there is no downtime in these books yep no that is that is 100 you have captured the essence of them absolutely so 
but it was it was a lot, you know, and and the story, like I said, I I don't know that they achieved what they wanted in terms of it all making sense, but I do really if if you're going to go out and take a swing, Kavanaugh took a significant swing, you know. Yeah. I'm going to make this massive backstory and at the end I'm just going to kill him. Right? You as a as a writer, you've you've gone and and taken your shot. And there were a lot of parts of it that that probably I think just went too far. I do like though that, you know, by the end for everybody but Mark Spector, it works out relatively well. It looks right. like Jean-Paul is, you know, on his way to being able to, to sort of establish a life and figure out what's going on with Chloe. Um, Marlene and Donna have taken over the company, and they're going to be fine. So they kind of wrapped up everybody's story, and like you said, it's it's an ending. So yeah. I, I feel much more satisfied with this than I did... Uh, our, our our two previous volumes of a moon night that 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 came to a conclusion let's just put it that way but I, but go. i guess the question i have is like we're we're talking about mark specter dying and the whole series is about mark specter dying and then coming back to life so i don't even know what this means with regards to is is he dead it doesn't matter how, how did this feel at the time? <laughs> so at the time, this was pretty bad. Because, you know, when Superman dies, eh, you know he's going to be back in a few months because he's Superman, right? Right. But Moon Knight was a B-list character. And he'd had a tough time keeping a book going for a while. You know, 60 issues is a good enough run that you wouldn't want to figure they're going to get rid of him. But he died pretty definitively. And then the thing that's going to make this even less comfortable is he doesn't come back for years. Right? Um, we don't have another Moon Knight book until 1997. So you're talking two to three years, depending on when the publication dates were. So it was it was dark days for Moon Knight fans as you head to the late 90s. It was dark days for Marvel fans just in in general as a note because this was a time when you know by the time you get to 95 96 the bubbles have burst. Marvel's having a lot of problems with their finances. They're heading for bankruptcy. They've tried to start their own distribution arm and it went poorly. So this was the point where there were legitimate sources talking about things like you know marvel simply selling off all of its heroes to a movie studio and stopping publishing comics wow so you know or there was a there was a time where the idea was that i can't remember i think it was marvel at one point there was talk of them being sold to dc and just folded all into one big universe which that would have been interesting yeah. so um, there's a couple books actually out there that talk about that that are really good stuff. So we do have a little bit to talk about on the uh, on that one special, but I'd actually kind of like to just continue on this. So yeah. of these books, what here would you would you recommend to anybody in terms of of this main series? Uh, and its ending? Yeah, I I 
I honestly, this is, I, I'm really struggling to recommend anything this week. It's just, there was just so much of these books that were difficult for me to read. I had to read a lot of them, uh, like parts of, if not most of the issue, more than once because the story were confusing, the artwork didn't help me understand what was going on. Text boxes I was reading out of order a lot during this, which is yep. not something I've done or had that much of a problem with since like I was just starting out. And um, it, it just, this is, I, I, I felt lost more than anything else. And like, there wasn't anything in this, there wasn't a stained glass scarlet type story from way back or 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 like there wasn't even like there wasn't even anything that just sort of was like this is this is just oh this is okay this this i i understand what's going on this makes sense this is interesting it was just either yeah. it was standard kind of comic book fare that i've kind of gotten used to now or it was something i could not understand and would not in good conscience recommend to anybody else nine weeks in and you're already jaded this is this bodes poorly for our future i'm afraid so um i'm not yeah. jaded i just i just i'm like if i was no i, I think you're completely somebody. the the 90s is not a good place to recommend someone start reading comics or for someone who's not really invested in 90s comics because they are in many cases baffling if you're not already already into that type of book it was a it was a time where there were a lot of crossovers there were a lot of in jokes there was a a very committed group of people who were extremely into the characters and because of that this is a a time period that of all the time periods in comics is probably the least welcoming to readers who are just starting out yeah we've talked about in the past where they had these spots where in issues they'd kind of bring you up to speed if you had just jumped in there yep. was none of that in any in no. any of these books in the in the 90s this entire 60 book run if you missed 48 and 49 and then picked up after that you wouldn't have no idea what's going on with jp <laughs> that's exactly true and, and like yep. what what is that all about and, it, and it's just so or like you miss the the big 50 you're like come back in after the fact why is john paul changing into this this giant superhuman looking guy and, and fighting people i hadn't even thought about that but you're right there is there is no on-ramp whatsoever in these issues no so i i would i would still recommend the end of it 55 to 60 for people who have access to them just because they are interesting and I do I do like Stephen Platt's art. I I love Arthur Adams' art style which kind of has sort of the same very uh, sketchy kind of of line work and everything and they're they're cool books. That said, I don't know they're reprinted anywhere and they're not on Marvel Unlimited. So am I recommending you go out and pay the three four five hundred dollars or whatever you need to get 50, number 55 no i am not i would just say go ahead and uh and 
miss that miss out on that one and and read the summary or or listen to this so but but overall there was character development for jean paul and marlene in there and Mm -hmm. you don't realize moon knight's dead unless you read at least the last few of them right so there is something to be said in terms of in terms of things that matter for the character this is moon knight's second death we're not done with them yet though don't worry there still will be a podcast next week so so real quick the mark specter special edition one which was like you said shoehorned in at some point in the run um he actually teams up with shang chi to rescue some adult young adults that have come under the clutches of a mind cult in the south china sea uh so those two go and investigate it we see lots of flashbacks and how they got to this point and that sort of thing because it starts out with them on the island uh, they come to find out the old leader of the island had a robot sergeant, Bernaki, uh, who is behind all of this. And they take out the robot and the story ends. That, that's, yep. that's, basically, that's basically it. And then there's this kind of sub-story at the end, uh, a short story where a Hollywood agent is reimagining the origin story of Moon Knight for a, motion, a major motion picture, Moon Blight. He's suggesting actors and actresses to play the different roles, talking about how yep. they should change what he's what he did and all this sort of thing. Uh, neither of these stories is any good. It's it's just it's not important. Doesn't make any well, sense. Well, so just as a note, that second story comes back to actually be kind of relevant. Oh, really? Okay. Because Mark Spector eventually does start a movie or tv series or whatever about himself at a point later on so they're going to take that plot point and actually do something with it later so just wait with that 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 story felt like that that scorecard small story way back when that felt really weird and off the wall that didn't make any sense that was just it doesn't really make any sense even when they do it later but it's okay yeah but so just so just as a note that yeah Yeah. sometimes crazy stuff comes back years later and then the only other thing really to mention about shang chai is that um probably those are the two heroes that doug mensch is is best known for at marvel is he had a spectacular run on master of kung fu back in the late 70s and early 80s it's kind of where he made his mark and then he had moon knight so let's say uh kind of his his two big heroes teamed up he also done a lot of stuff for you know his um like independent comics and he wrote a bunch of batman and stuff like that but those are sort of his key heroes in the marvel universe as far as i'm concerned so so anyway None of this as is going to make it into the series, is it? The, the only... I, I would say no. Because the, the problem with these is that they're either just too comic booky, like too over-the-top goofy for modern tastes. So I think that either in terms of the, the CGI budget you'd need to do some of it would be through the roof, and most of the other stuff is just... It's too complex and too crazy to attempt. So I'm going to say no, yeah. but there's really not much, almost anything from this entire run that is going to to make a big impact on the show. So, yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense to me. Well, what, are right, we, so we're, what are we looking we're, at next week? Well, hold I have a question for you. Okay, first. okay. 
So when we first started this, I had in my original plan that we would just tough it out and go through all 60 of these in one week instead of instead of going three weeks and extending the suffering through. In retrospect, would you have preferred to just pull the bandit off in one week? Or are you glad we took the time to kind of go through these a little bit at a time? I could not read 60, 60 of these you comments could not in have one physically week. done it. I, I would not have had, I have a day job and I have, you know, other <laughs> life commitments that I, there's just no way that I could have read that it's many. Just not and, physically and possible. Like, like I said, if these, like these last 20 specifically, but more in general, it sort of felt like as it was going on, it got more and more difficult to read. And, and and so it just like it would have been i might have gotten through about 30 to 35 of them but i don't think that i would have made it through this last 20 it, it, it after after reading the first 30 plus in yep. in one week um it it just would have been we go. would have been too much i i i think there was some some rationale or for doing it like that where you just kind of went through it that quickly but at the same time i feel like we i got more out of it by being able to ask questions and stuff each week and talking through some of this stuff a little bit because yeah there was definitely things that i did not know or understand that that we got a chance to talk about that i if we'd have tried to do all this in one week it just wouldn't have happened there you go. That's uh, that's the way it is then. So, nonetheless, and despite, and despite all this, I went out and bought my first Moon Knight comic this week. So to suggest that I'm somehow jaded and and don't <laughs> want to be involved with this anymore, that it, that could not be further from the truth. I am now Excellent. invested, and in spite of the fact that it was difficult reading the last few weeks, I I am excited to see where this goes next. All right, sounds good. So. We uh, where where it goes next is a three comic run, in Marvel Comic Presents, which is is sort of pre pre death Moon Knight stuff, but that nonetheless happens later. They came out later, um, which gets a little confusing all the time, and then we get Moon Knight Resurrection War, which is Volume Three, four issue series, and Moon Knight Volume Four, which is also a four-issue series. So what's going to happen is we'll have this little sort of additional story that they had in 94 that they dump out in Marvel Comics Presents, which is an anthology title, and then we wait until 1997 where we start up with another Moon Knight series and get to see what happens when you're a comic book hero who's dead and gets a new comic book series. So, Okay. I'm... I'm betting he gets better, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. I, I'm, I'm assuming so. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the demo virus actually causes him to suddenly wake up again at some point. The the unseen lingering effects end up occurring. So there you go. I, I look forward to seeing that. Um, Resurrection War. We'll have your answers. So we're yes. on our way. All right. I want to thank you all for joining us here as we talked through uh, and continue our journey uh, through the 
the uh, history of Moon Knight. We'd love for you to stick around as we as we continue this. Recommend you subscribe to the podcast and your podcast player of choice so you'll get each episode as soon as they are released. If you are already a subscriber, please consider leaving us a feedback. Uh, I think I saw another five-star review on, on Apple, so if hey. you're responsible for that, I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. We, we uh, lo- love seeing that feedback. Uh, if you want to send us questions or have feedback on the show and you'd like to email it, to us you could do so at questions at phases of the moon and for updates on the show as well as other announcements or to just interact with us on social media you can do that on twitter we are at phases of mk all right that was that was a lot and and uh I, i'm very very interested in seeing where we're gonna go from here yeah i'm i've been going back through and rereading and i really I'm, uh, I'm excited to see some of the stuff that we're heading into in the next few weeks. So we've got about a month until the show starts. So we're going to get through as much as we can and uh, see where we get before things start up. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great week.